Welcome to episode 29 of the F1 show for the 2008 Monaco Grand Prix. It's Monaco, everybody! I'm Robin Warner. And I'm Jim Lau, and we had the longest race of the year, although it didn't feel like it because there was so much going on. Yes, but Lewis Hamilton put on a show and won the pinnacle racing experience that is the Monaco Grand Prix. He won the race despite several yellow flags and two safety car periods. This performance is all the more impressive considering that he slid and hit the wall early in the race, which defeated the right rear tire. Behind in second came the thin flying pole of Robert Kubica, Robert Kubica, however you want to say it, showing good pace compared to McLaren and a staggering pace compared to his teammate Nick Heidfeld, who putzed across the checkered flag in 14th, four laps behind. Despite grabbing pole, Massa could only manage bronze after a poorly timed single stop strategy kept the Brazilian on intermediate tires too long. Fourth place should have gone to Adrian Sutil, who drove brilliantly in the wet, even setting the fastest lap at times, and deserved the result. However, with just 10 minutes to go in the race, Kimi Raikkonen smashed into the back of Sutil's Force India, rendering it junk, and he was unable to continue. Truly sad. Raikkonen's punishment for his crime was a pit stop for a new front wing that dropped him tonight. So instead, fourth place went to Weber, who drove well as always and is starting to develop a, rep- a reputation for finishing races. Who would have thought? Sebastian Vettel also impressed by finishing fifth. Behind him was Ruben Barrichello in the Honda and then Kaz Nakajima in the Williams Toyota. Heike Kovalainen managed a mere eighth despite qualifying a respectable fourth. This is due to his car stalling at the beginning of the formation lap and having to start from the pits. Heike again raced clean and earned a point for his efforts. So, Jim, uh, who predicted this one? Well, uh, we got to give this one to Lewis Hammond, actually. Lewis Hammond! If uh, you listen to the last race... Uh, the, the 13-year-old prodigy, as it were. Yeah, man. Uh, he had Kubica on pole, which didn't turn out to be didn't turn out to be true. But, uh, yeah, he predicted Lewis Hamilton would win. And out of the blue, Lewis Hamilton came out and won. Congratulations, Lewis Hammond! Yeah, man. Send in your predictions for next week, because uh, we got to learn from that. Yeah, right. someone owes you a Coke. Exactly. In England. And uh, we want to mention. I want to mention about uh, uh, Heikki and Actually, uh, his car he couldn't get it in gear, so he actually had to go into the pits and get a new steering wheel on the formation lap. So uh, some kind of electrical problems on that, or something maybe with the gearbox. But they just changed the wheel, and he was okay for the rest of the race. But uh, having to fight your way through the field in Monaco is like the worst possible place. So uh, that was really too bad for Heikki that it, you know all of his qualifying effort and everything turned out to be uh, for naught, and he had to start from the back. Speaking of qualifying efforts, and yes. speaking of penalties, uh, David Coulthard actually qualified 10th uh, and then promptly wrecked his car. Dude, he, like, got it into in the a wall big way. Yeah, in a big way. And they were able to save the tub and rebuild the car for the race. However, they had to change the gearbox, and that cost him five grid penalties. He ended up starting 15th instead of 10th. And earlier in the season, when we first learned about this rule, that the gearbox had to last four races, and if it didn't, you got the grid penalty. Yeah. Well, here it is. Now, this wasn't necessarily a championship changer. Yeah, I mean, did this, but I, the, the whole point of that rule, though, is for um, cost savings, right? That the one transmission will last a lot longer. And I think that's kind of blown out the window when you're talking about crash damage. Well, the transmission was blown out the window with the accident. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's it's not a matter of like, oh, we designed it to be more reliable, so it 
I mean, he crashed the hell out of it, and now it's broken. I mean, you know as well as I know that every other F1 team took the time and effort to make that withstand a 50g impact. So if Red Bull's not on the on the puck with that, well, that's their problem. I'm just saying, Coulthard's not saving him any money driving the way he does. <laughs> that's that's a very good point. And I mean, once again, as we talked about last week with uh, Mark Weber versus Coulthard, uh, Mark Weber getting five points, Coulthard getting that's right, none. Yeah, and Mark Weber qualified ninth. By the way, yeah. So, uh, so it, I mean, that just continues uh, Coulthard's uh, 15 minutes of lame. But yes, uh, absolutely. Anyway, but into the race. Onto the race. I'm I'm going to let you say it because I know you want to. Lewis Hamilton. Yes, yes, yes. Very good. I mean, it's hard to you know hard to keep the faith for a minute there when it looked like you know he he and Ron Dennis were sort of falling out and whatever happened and actually in uh, the interviews after qualifying. Lewis um, kept making points to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm fine as a driver. It's just the car's not quite there. And, boy, you know, if only the car were there, really, yeah. we'd just be great. And yeah, in stark contrast to, uh, to Ron Dennis, you know, a couple weeks ago saying, oh, yeah, well, the car is great. It's just uh, just Lewis sucks. So Well, there, there's no doubt. He drove brilliantly. Yeah. So and, and Lewis, you know, made sure to congratulate himself in the interview about how, how brilliant did. his car he control did. was. He, and he was quick to congratulate But, you know, himself. hey, I think, he, I think he earned it. I mean, it was. Uh, he definitely did. It was a two-hour race. He had over a 40-second lead at one point in time, and then a second safety car came out and scrunched that all up. He owned the restart. He won the race by five seconds. He was comfortable. He was quick. He passed Raikkonen for yeah. second place right, right, right at, at the beginning right of the off, race. Right at the, right at the start of the race. Um, you know, he just makes a brilliant start, and I'm not quite sure what he did any differently from the Ferraris, but uh, he got around Kimi just like straight away into turn one. I mean, yeah, it was yeah, it looked like more than anything Kimi got a bit of a poor start. He was on the dirty side of the track, although the whole track was wet, so I don't know how much that played into it, really. Yeah, um, and then, and then um, you know, Moss, uh, Hamilton and Massa were, were driving away, and, and you know, they, they wanted to keep some distance because in the, in the kind of wet, and it was pretty seriously raining near the beginning of the race. It was, it was sort of drizzling right at the start, but then it got into some pretty heavy rain. Oh, by the way, it was raining at Monaco, actually. We didn't mention that at the beginning. We didn't? But oh. it was. Oh, yeah. Now, how about that? <laughs> no, it was, it was actually a very cool race because... Uh, when I raced at Road America, this was pretty common where you'd, it would rain and then stop raining and you'd have wet then drying conditions. And those are the hardest to race in because there may be a couple of corners where it's a couple of corners where it's puddles. strong yeah. and then, uh, you know, grippy and you can you can really push. And then next thing you know, it's it's greasy. It's super greasy. And it's not even just the water. Yeah. It's a little bit of oil on the track that the water is mixed in with. And, and so the changes in mu the changes in grip between one quarter and the next are huge absolutely um and and that caught hamilton out i mean only six laps in um he took a corner and just ran a little bit wide and yes. it was enough to uh to to get the tire off of its rim as you mentioned in the in the race report um and then just by and this is sort of one of these just you know strokes of luck where i um, mean just happened to go in the pits and then a safety car uh, happened just after that yeah he got really lucky there. um and so he ended up he came out in fourth spot i mean and he only lost was... two spots for having to go and you know hitting the wall and, and losing a tire. So luckily his, his suspension wasn't damaged, and he was able to continue and obviously go on and win. And that's compared to his teammate, who for stalling had a start in the back yeah. from the pits and loses. And and this was interesting, too, because you know the American announcers and their brilliance said, oh, Hamilton's race is over. I'm like, you putzes. Yeah, I mean, we have six laps in, especially in a, in a wet race more than anything else. A wet race that's Monaco. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's about as unpredictable as, as you can get. So uh, Well, we had six cars out of the race entirely. Uh, you know, in fifteenth, Adrian Sutil. Well, let's talk. Well, okay. Well, let's talk. and 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 then we had another. We had let's see. We had five cars that were at least a lap down. Nick Heidfeld four laps down. So you know, eleven cars. Eleven cars 
more or less out of it. Only nine cars on a lead lap. Yeah, well, uh, seven laps in, um, David Coulthard uh, basically just got got loose and got into the wall all on his own. Um, and then he's sitting in his car for about a second, and uh, Sebastian Bourdais just plows into the back of his car. And uh, that was sort of a lucky move in, on uh, or, or a smart move on Coulthard's part to stay in his car because that, that could have been bad. Um, you know, it just happened to be in the same spot because it was these really wet conditions, and obviously Monaco's a really tight track with zero runoff. Jim, Jim. Is there a way we can still blame this one on Coulthard? Well, I mean, I guess if he wasn't there, Sebastian Bourdais may have been able to go through and, and save it. But This is what I've been saying, David. If you will not get out of the way of other people, <laughs> but, we're, uh, we're going to call you on it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a pretty big impact um, for, for Bourdais, you know, plowing into the back of uh, David Coulthard. But, uh, I mean, you know, just like the uh, the announcers on, uh, on Speed Channel here, we got to give the, the marshals credit. I mean, they were right there with the cranes. They were able to pull the cars up out of the way. And, yeah, you know, and they make, were quick with the yellow flags and everything. <laughs> and truthfully... You know, it is David Coulthard's fault because he lost it, and there, Sebastian was the next car by. I yeah, mean, he didn't, he didn't see it. He didn't have any good way to, you know, who knows what yellow flag warning he had, but he was already committed to the corner. Yeah. everything's blind there, so it really and it wasn't was his yeah fault. with the spray of the water and everything, it makes it even worse. So that's you know that was uh, you know took the two first guys out was Sebastian Bourdais and David Coulthard were the first out, and that was only after after seven laps, and uh, you know later on uh, thirty six laps in, uh, you know Fisichella was out, um, you know, with the, with the gearbox problem, and that was from, what was that from? I don't even remember. What place he was in? No, I mean, what, uh, his, his gearbox failure. I mean, that was... Oh, I have no idea. Didn't get run into? Possibly. We don't even know. We yeah. don't pay that much attention to him, remember. Yeah, that's 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 fizzy. Um, oh, man, Nelson Piquet, though, who lasted 47 laps, that was a little more spectacular. Okay, um, so with uh, 24 laps in, or, okay, um... 24 laps into the race, Alonso actually ran into Heidfeld. They're trying to make a pass in, in a casino hairpin. That is right? true. Now, is that before or after Alonso went to dry tires? Oh, that was well before. That was on lap 50. Oh, dang. Okay. This was a kind of a crazy race. And it so was. There we're was a, a lot bit, going on. We're a little bit scrambled onto this. But okay, yeah. this is lap 24, right? Um, Alonso... Pretty desperate to pass. Very desperate, and I think made kind of a kind of an ass move. I well, mean, he'd been behind him for a couple of laps, okay, and he was all over his gearbox. Trying to talk about getting around Nick Heidfeld in the BMW. Right, who was... Um, painfully slow this weekend yeah Heidfeld really just had nothing going on this weekend I'm not quite sure what happened there but uh so Alonzo makes this kind of ridiculous move I mean it's not a good spot to pass and Alonzo really forces the issue and then try to force the issue into the slowest corner ever of the season yeah I mean like this isn't the slowest corner of the racetrack this is the lowest corner of any racetrack that Formula One goes to yeah and uh, and just and basically just t-bones Heidfeld's car, which uh, which you know Alonso needs to go in and get a, a new wing. Heidfeld continues on, but uh, you know so it didn't take either of them out of the race, but um, caused a nice little car jam. Pile oh yeah, that was, so there was like a chain reaction behind there, and that was uh, you know that was a bit wonky. Um, but uh, but later on, okay, so then and, you know the track is drying out. We've got predictions that rain's going to start again in the next five minutes, and then it doesn't, and, and then like you know I think a minute after we got that prediction, uh, Fernando Alonso comes in. And goes out on dry tires. He was first one to do it. He was absolutely the first one, and in almost every case we've seen that in the past in drying conditions. The first guy gets hosed. The first guy to go out. I remember Robert Kubica years ago, and then you know just pulling out of the pits and into turn one, just just you know back and left and right and left and right, trying to correct and, and then trying to go, and it just you know it's like painful watching these guys trying to make it around a really wet track but on dry this tires. Time. Alonzo had it right. I mean, at Monaco of all places, we got to give the guy credit for uh, you know keeping the car under him on uh, on on you know dry tires on wet dry tires. Right. You know? 
took him a few laps, but he got fastest lap of the race at the time yeah. as a result. And, and, once, and once he did that, all the other teams basically said, hey, Alonso just set fastest lap. It must be faster with dry tires than wet tires. Let's switch over. But what we're getting at here is Piquet Nelson PK also very early to go to dries. You know, so Renault changes changes tires on Alonso's car and then works out, okay, yeah, he's a little dicey, but, you know, he made, made it work. It's faster now. It's been proven that this, you know, fastest lap of the race on dry tires, so this must be the fastest way. So they give him Nelson PK those, those nice, you know, dry tires saying, all right, Nelson, go, go, go have him, buddy. And uh, Nelson promptly just stuffs the thing into the wall. And, uh, it big in, time. in fairly spectacular fashion. So. And can I can I re- read what we have here in the notes? Hold on here. Where is it? Nelson Piquet stuffs in wall. Where are you? Basically, here's what happened. I wrote down that Nelson Piquet stuffs it in the wall. Yeah. Pig, Piquet goes to dry, spins and crash. The F1 show called it. Because we did. I mean, as soon as we saw them going, putting those. I mean, Fernando Alonso was having a tough time with it. We know there's no way PK is going to be able to hold that car no. under him, and he didn't. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, good effort there. But uh, that that really puts his uh, F1 future, in, you know, back into question. If he's well, he'd already kind of been given an ultimatum. He's saying, "Hey, you need to pick up the pace or move on, sir." Yeah. And this doesn't help that. This does not help that. He was struggling all weekend in Monaco. Now, Monaco, I'm sure. I've never been personally, but I'm sure it's a pretty, uh, you know, challenging place. Oh, yeah. You know, not to get around, but to get around quickly. It's tight. And when it's wet and when you've got super slippery tires and, and changing conditions. And if you have that weight on your shoulders of an ultimatum, that can't help, to be honest. But, yeah. hey, that's what F1's all about. And, dude, your dad could do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 59 laps in. Nico Rosberg uh, just gets it wrong, and uh, and that was actually the, probably the biggest hit of the weekend. Yeah, um, and that it, was a shame it, that one because he was wicked quick all weekend. Yeah, Rosberg was doing well, and uh, and he just you know tore two of the wheels off the car, and uh, was uh, going up by by uh, Nouveau Chicane, and uh, tore two wheels off the car, and ended up that was a second safety car period. Absolutely, Rosberg qualified sixth. He was. He was as high as second or third in Friday practice. Yeah, he I, was. He was running competitively with the front runners. I mean, not with the very front, but... But, yeah, he was definitely up there and, and, and poised he, to get some he points. He had a potential podium, I yep. think, if things had fallen his way, and he just stuffed it. Yeah, so, and that's just... But that know, was on dry tires. It was still wet. And that's and just the changing conditions, and, and, you know, it's sort of, you know, you can either make it work and, and do brilliant things, or it's just so easy to get it wrong, and unfortunately he got it wrong. But, uh, and then near the end of the race, okay, uh, it's 67 laps in, um, Adrian Sutil, this is the sad one, is just going brilliantly along, like you said, and uh, Kimi Raikkonen, actually in the exact same spot where Coulthard mixed, got screwed up in qualifying. Um, there's like a bump in the track there, and apparently the rear end just gets really light, and maybe even the wheels get off the ground if you hit it just so. And so under braking, um, Raikkonen hit it just so. Yeah, Coulthard hit it just so and sent him straight into the wall. Raikkonen hit it just so, and he was actually able to recover. This is a just ridiculous piece of footage where he's just got you know just correcting left to right to left to right you to left. You see it real time. It's 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 comical. It's unbelievable. How, comically fast. How fast this happens, and the fact that Raikkonen was able to save it. Unfortunately, when he's doing all that, he's not braking for the corner, and Adrian Sutil right well, in front of certainly him. Certainly not nearly as efficiently as he should be. Yeah, and he just slammed into the back of Adrian Sutil's car, and it, it tore the front wing off of Raikkonen's Ferrari. And uh, ended Sutil's day, which that was really too bad because that, I mean, Adrian Sutil had nothing to do with that, and he kept the car under him and just uh, rear-ended like that was really a shame. Adrian Sutil was mixing and matching fastest laps with Hamilton and Massa. And he kept he Raikkonen was, in behind him for like 40 laps or something. He was in fourth place with Raikkonen behind him, 10 minutes to go. Would he have gotten on the podium? 
Probably not, because he would have had to pass Massa to do it. But, but he, he's just doing he, an amazing job. Fourth place would have been five points. That would have been huge for Force India. And it, it was so funny, because this whole time between the Turkish um, F1 show and now, I was thinking to myself, man, you know what? When we did the strong versus weak drivers within the teams, I really should have added Fisichella strong, Sutil weak, because... You know, Fisichella all season has been doing really well and getting more out of the car yeah. than Sutil has, despite the fact that they're both in the back. I was like, you know what? That wasn't fair to Fisichella. We should have said something. Well, today's race changes all that, so now I retract my retraction. Indeed. In a way, because You Sutil should have just ran was, with that, dude. Nobody, no one had to know. Sutil was absolutely brilliant today. But yeah. He really was. I mean, that car is simply not as good as the other cars on the grid. It's just not. Yeah, and in a way, the rain takes the car out of the equation in a bit because they're not, I mean, the, the, the grip is so much less across the board that the difference in chassis and the difference in setup is, is less, and it's more about the driver, and it just shows that, you know, maybe he is a really brilliant driver. And keep in mind, he was racing with Lewis Hamilton um, just a few years ago in GP2 and all that. So, um, you know, he obviously things turned out a little bit differently for Hamilton where he went on and ended up, you know, with, right, since he'd done with McLaren and, and built that relationship up. But, you know, Sutil... I, I hesitate to sort of say this really changes the whole driver landscape or anything like that. I mean, it's, you know, one brilliant performance, and certainly that'll put him back on people's radars. But, but it definitely turns some heads for some yeah. for some team bosses, so, absolutely. You know, we'll have to see sort of if he can, you know, whether he can get a better spot and a more representative car and, and, and move up a little bit or not. But, uh, you but know, well, well done for today anyway. And, and okay, so Kimi Raikkonen, just to, to well, hold follow on. up on that. Can I add real quick, yes. though? Despite the Sutil Fisichella thing, which ultimately, I guess, confirmed what we said, <clears throat> I want to say that this weekend completely confirmed my list of strong versus weak drivers, I'd say. Alonzo to Piquet, come on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, truly to Glock. I'm sorry, Glock didn't do anything impressive. He was less bad. He spun. We got a couple of impressive spins. I mean, yeah, it was impressive, true. but not for results. Weber to Coulthard. Yeah. Okay. Same as it ever was. Uh, Rosberg Nakajima. Okay, Rosberg did quit, but he was wicked fast before that. Fair enough. Vettel to Bourdais. Vettel was fifth. Yeah, dude. And uh, Kubica to Heidfeld. <laughs> Dude, Yeah, that was huge. That was huge. Heidfeld, so. I don't know what's going on with Heidfeld, but uh, he's got something to figure out. <clears throat> but uh, just to finish up the, uh, the Reichen and Sutil thing. Oh, yes. Um, they, uh, basically, as soon as that happened, uh, you know, Sutil's guys go, go to the stewards and say, hey, you know, Reichen just rammed into the back of us, took us out of the race, and for, for no fault of our own, you're going to penalize him for that, right? Because, you know, just uh, a couple weeks ago, Kaz Nakajima was penalized for, for causing a crash in turn one, you know, for, for slowing down so abruptly. And uh, and uh, the stewards say no action was needed following the crash between Kimi Raikkonen and Adrian Sutil. Um, I think that's bullshit, but I think it's bullshit that Fisichella got penalized for the Turkish Grand Prix. Frankly. Yeah, see, it's, I, so I, I I think they made the right decision here, and then they made the wrong decision two weeks ago. Yeah, so it's I mean obviously Kimi didn't do it in per, on purpose. I mean, and neither did Fisichella. Yeah, um, it was racing incident both occasions. Yeah, so. You know, Raikkonen said he just lost control of the car and there was nothing he could do. So it's not like he was, you know, trying to make a pass and doing some just absurd thing. It was just, you know, just it just got out from under him. And I, I agree with you that, uh, you know, that I just I wanted to be consistent one way or another. And that's what's frustrating about this right, whole thing. Exactly. That, you know, it's like one time it'll be, um, you know, you'll, you'll, you know, your position won't count. So you won't get the points that you got. And then sometimes it'll be a penalty for next time. And sometimes it'll be a fine, which has, you know, it's like right. where there's there's yeah it's like the guidelines for these are just so random and, and this only adds to the conspiracy theory you know of oh you know the, the formula one is just it's just managed 
theater, you know, yeah. like Ferraris in the pockets of Ecclestone and or whatever that, you know, there's certain untouchables in the sport and things are scripted and all this. And it's it's not, but crap like this makes people think that it is and it's hard to tell them no. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to say, you know, if it's it, is it the same stewards all the time? I mean, are they looking at, you know, they, they taking the, co- the corner workers, you know, words into account and saying, oh, this, it looked like he was looking there and, like, he meant to do that. I mean, it's, like, so kind of random from race to race how these penalties come out. So I want them to be consistent, but, I mean, I also agree that, you know, it, it's a racing incident. You know, it was everyone was trying, and, and it's really unfortunate for Sutil, and you wish there was something they could do. Uh, maybe Kimi will, like, you know, have him go for a spin on his yacht or something and, you know, yeah, yeah. have a meeting on a yacht. They'll sort it out. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, here's a Ferrari jacket. Dude, sorry about that. Yeah, here's, like, a, you know, here's an F430. <laughs> and an autograph. <laughs> go, have, go have a good weekend. I don't know. So, yeah, that that sucks, but there's not going to be a penalty for Raikkonen, um, which I think is good. I mean, ultimately, it's, you know, it, it would be unfortunate for Raikkonen to be on the pole at the next race, but, oh, but he's back five spots yeah, no, because of that mistake. You know, that, that I think would be worse. And also, uh, you know, Sutil was very upset about being out of the race, and I completely understand why. Yeah. But I think bigger picture here, I think this drive and the fact that he's still young, you know, will open some doors for some bigger teams here potentially. Absolutely. So um, let's let's talk about Raikkonen some more and his race here because I think it was very, very interesting how bad he was yeah, it through was most of the race. really pretty bizarre. I mean, obviously, I mean. Qualified uh, second. Yeah, I made a, a, so it was a solid qualifying effort. Two okay. hundredths outside of the pole. Yeah, really, I mean. Uh, basically the same time. Um, yeah. But then, gets, but then gets a poor start, you know, letting Lewis Hamilton around. Chugging along in third. And just doesn't, you know, he's not gaining time. He's not, never did anything amazing. And then he just, you know, kept making just. Yeah, stupid little errors. He was running as low as sixth. He wasn't getting the same lap times out of the car yeah. as Massa was. I mean, Massa was quite quick early in the race. Yep. And Massa is not known for his rain driving skills and not known for being impressive in Monaco. Yeah. And he was doing both. And Raikkonen, in the meantime, who's from Finland and is, you know, known for all these exact opposite things, did not do well. And what do you think that is? Well, very interesting question because the race was mostly wet and the chances of it being wet were pretty high. But based on the fact that Raikkonen was doing so bad in the wet, but then at the very end, Raikkonen got the fastest lap of the race once it dried out. My guess, and this is going along with what we heard on the television some that I think is spot on, is that he had a complete dry setup, dry setup wings, dry setup suspension, dry setup ground clearance, and a lot of other people's had some compromise built into the car during qualifying. And it's, you wonder why that would be the case, though. I mean, that, that they could get it so right for Massa and so wrong for Kimi. If he just insisted, oh, no way, I just, no, that's not going to rain. You guys are wrong. I'm betting one way. And I guess it's a gamble. It is. And it's also possible that Massa had the same setup and it just worked for him for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. So is Massa honestly just a lot better than Raikkonen now? No. No. And I think it's completely I mean, erroneous that people even begin to suggest that. I mean, we heard that. We again heard that on the commentary. Oh, is a Raikkonen now on the back foot? No. No. No, it was one bloody race. And all the other races where Massa won, Raikkonen was right there. You know, I, I think it's silly. And I think Raikkonen is still going to be strong in, throughout the whole season. I mean, it was the exact same thing last year. He won Australia. Everyone's like, oh, Raikkonen's brilliant. This is great. And then he had a little bit of a slump, which went through the USGP, which was after Monaco. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, you know, Raikkonen's no good. You know, Massa's the good guy. And then, lo and behold, Raikkonen won the championship. So... I think this is all silly. 
Fair enough. Uh, I, as far as his fastest lap, though, I mean, I think it, 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 when Lewis Hamilton's got like a four-second lead over Kubica in the end of the race, you know, he's probably not. He's trying to conserve the car and trying to not hit a wall. Where when Raikkonen's down in you know ninth spot and he's just trying to prove that he's still fast, and you know of course he's going to set a fast lap then. So I, I think Lewis could have had fastest lap if he'd had a mind to. That's at the fair. End of the race. Although Luke, Luke, <laughs> Lucas, Lewis was sixth when it came to fastest laps, and it was almost two seconds slower than Raikkonen's fastest lap. Yeah, that's because he didn't have to be, though, I think. Raikkonen's fastest lap came on lap 74, and it was a 1 minute 16.6. And that is six tenths up on the next fastest guy, which was uh, Kovalainen, who did it on the same lap. So, I don't know. I, yeah, I, well, Kovalainen would have been pressing. pushing as hard, as hard as he could have, too, I mean, you know, at that point. But, yeah, I... It, it, with a race like today, fastest lap I think is less valid than usual just because of the changing conditions and the changing setups. And then once you've sort of got your position, because it's so hard to pass, you can a little more safely back off and, uh, you know, and, and, and there's less concern of someone just really rocketing past you. So, um, Well, I disagree with you because it takes away from my point. Okay, fair enough. But, uh, I mean, and, and so these, uh, you know, these rumors about Alonso moving to Ferrari, though. Yeah, that's another good one. That I... I don't know. I, I can't really see that. This is something, you know, we, we watch the race on Speed, which is the American kind of racing channel. We listen to the Speed commentators. In general, we, we have a decent amount of respect for them. They, they do a good job. But we do get some of these rumors coming out of the bag every once in a while that I think are just kind of silly. I, so, which is that Alonso has an option to take a Ferrari contract in 2010. Yeah, and I think... I mean, I, I guess we can't discount. I think this race shows Alonso still has really just amazing driving talent. Absolutely. Okay, and as much as and, – and I feel like, you know, after since he's left McLaren uh, after last year, um, he doesn't seem to be quite an ass, you know, anymore. Like, he's happy where he is again. He's not quite, you know, in these right. public fights or whatever. Which doesn't take things. away from the fact that he was an ass in McLaren. I think he was. And I, I think it's but possible it was some of that. just a bad situation. Yeah, I think it's possible some of that was trumped up by the media, too, because obviously we can't just go hang out with Alonzo and Hamilton and, like, see how they really are. I mean, what we can get is out of the media and just sort of out of their interviews and stuff. But And was, we were both huge Alonzo fans in 05 and 06. Yeah. Absolutely uh, huge. So, you know, I, he's definitely got driving talent, but would he be able to just switch teams again and just make it work all of a sudden? I'm not so sure. I mean, if I think... I, no, I completely agree. And I, I, I'm sticking with my idea he should go to Toyota. I think that would be the cool place to go. I think that would be that would be quite cool to actually get some excitement over a Toyota and, and some, you know, young some blood, Some young I guess. blood, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, which is funny that um, because Yarno truly um, used to be Alonzo's teammate. Yep, didn't he way back in the day at Renault? Yep, and and I guess we can mention Yarno was a was a race winner when he was at Renault yep. at Monaco. That was when he was at Renault, two thousand four. Uh, how and how far we've come? Um, how he he was ninth today, I guess that's which is which. Oh no, yeah. he's ninth in the championship. He was uh, yeah, he's ninth in the championship. I don't think he's he didn't oh he's thirteenth today. Yeah. yeah, he didn't do great, but he still did better than his teammate. Yeah. He's doing okay, but I, there's there's more to that car I think than what truly can give it. Truly, I think at this point in his career would be a fantastic test driver. Yeah. Um, but I don't think because when he gets tired, he can just slow down and go get a drink and yes, have a lemonade really and come tired. back when it, when he wants to. But but maybe just doesn't have it for the race. Glock just doesn't quite have it. I mean, I'm sure he's good. He's just not quite good enough. You know who they need as a race driver? Me, Takuma Sato. Oh, I mean that'd be that'd be like I don't know that'd be like heresy for him to drive in a Toyota. I don't know, but. I mean, he's Japanese. It's got to be a big Japanese, you know, excite, you know, fan base that would be excited about him is in a Japanese it, is car. Is it like and Ford and Chevy, where there's is. like deep yeah. rooted? 
where like you know I can never cheer for him because he's at the wrong team now, and that just is not natural. I don't know. I don't know. I think that could change in an instance if Toyota shows up with a paycheck. Yeah, with a with a fat load of cash. Yeah, he's like, I didn't like that Civic anyway. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, speaking of the uh, the championship, though, I mean, obviously this does wonders for for Lewis, and because uh, Kimi was first, and uh, you know now with did he get any points today? Nope. Nope. Um, you know, this this brings Lewis to uh, P1 in the championship. I mean, he's got 38 points. Raikkonen's only three points back, so that's not a huge uh, gap. Obviously, it's... Massa, one point behind him. Yeah, so we're still pretty tight. And then and then Robert Kubica in fourth spot with, with you know, uh, two points behind Massa. That's pretty sweet. So we're six points and uh, cover the first four spots in the championship. And then next is Nick Heidfeld back there in 20. And that's three different constructors, too. Yeah. And, you know, so so Kovalainen's, you know, is down there sixth spot behind the BMWs. Which is unfortunate for, for him. I mean, we expected bigger luck, things and he's for him. still kind of getting comfortable with the team. But, you know, again, you know, Kovalainen had the second fastest lap, and I think he's I think he's quite good in the car. I think he's just got to put it all together. And, yeah, once he gets a break, I, I, think, I think he has every reason to get a win this year. Yeah. Well, uh, to, to call back to our predictions from last week, okay, Lewis Hamilton really got – or Lewis, Lewis Hammond got it right by predicting Lewis Hamilton for the win. Yes. Um, Congratulations. I, I thought Kovalainen would be on pole. Um, I was wrong. No. Um, it was all Ferrari for the uh, front row. Yeah. Um, I had Hamilton on pole. Yeah. I wasn't too far off. Except that we were both wrong. And then we both had Kimi Raikkonen for the race, and I we couldn't have been farther from... I was less wrong than you because Hamilton was third and Kovalainen was fourth, and we were both wrong about Raikkonen, which means you owe me a Coke. No, it doesn't. You owe me a Coke. We both need to ship Lewis Hammond some Cokes. All right. I think that's what, what it comes down to. Um, but we want to hear your predictions for the next race. Please. So it's up to you whether you want to send in predictions for the next race, which is... Canada. 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 <laughs> Can- Canadaville. Canadia. Or if you want to send in for the one after that, which is uh, the French Grand Prix at Manicor. Um, the last Grand Prix at Manicor, actually, but we can talk about that later. Yes. Um, and uh, if you want to send us uh, either a Skype voicemail, which you can do right from F1Show.com, or uh, even just send us an email with, hey, say, hey, I think this is this or that, that'd be feedback at F1Show.com. Or if you want to even attach a video or an audio file to your to your email or however you want to do it, post on our Facebook page. There's a number of ways to get in touch with us. And they're all brilliant. Or there is a new way. You could also send us a bunch of money, and we could send you a performance box. Because the F1 show is supported by the performance box. A GPS-based lap timer, performance meter, and data logger. Perfect for any car nut to use at track days, autocrosses, or to simply see what your car can do. Shipping worldwide from B-Box USA... For more info and the online store, go to performancedrift.com. I think you should get one. It's pretty sweet. I want one, but Jim won't give me one. Yeah, they're not free, buddy. Sorry. Should be free. Okay, so um, for okay, we want to give another shout-out to um, uh, Hudson in New Zealand. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't get your predictions for Turkey on in time for the Turkish Grand Prix. Dude, that is our bad. Yes, um, but... Um, you know, please, everyone, if you can send in your predictions, we will we will do better. Um, we're always trying to refine our, our system for uh, getting these episodes produced and, and out to you. And obviously this one's a bit earlier than we've been in the past, which is cool, because we've got to go watch the Indy 500 after this. Oh, yeah, man. Big doings up in the States here. Definitely. So uh, for all the international fans, probably by the time you get this podcast, you will have seen or heard about the result. But if not, go uh, you know check out uh, IndyCar Series IRL right now. And uh, Do not cheer for Danica Patrick just because she's a girl. I think... The folks in Europe are less likely to do that. Thank you. But don't do it, please. She's not that good. She's not that bad. She's okay. She won in Japan. She got lucky in Japan with fuel strategy. She did not win on performance. Okay, well. You guys should cheer for 
Elio Castroneves because he's a really good dancer and he's a really good guy and he's bloody quick and Penske's a genius. Yeah, okay. No Danica. Okay, cheer for whoever you want. And uh, but either way, no, no, no. Do not cheer who forever you want. Whatever. <laughs> do cheer for anybody but Danica Patrick. Okay, you heard it here first in the <laughs> F1 show. Um, apparently, Robin hates Danica. I do not hate Danica. I just get mad because she like shows off her ass in HFM magazine and then gets some lucky random win in Japan after three years in the sport of her being lauded as this amazing girl in in, in racing and. She's all big doings now. She's not. She's okay. Okay, well, I'm glad you, you like Elio Castroneves' ass better than Danica's. Well, he shakes it better, frankly. Okay, Did but... Did you the, see Dancing with the Stars? No, I didn't. I didn't, but I heard it was good. Brilliant. Okay, predictions Sorry. for <laughs> next weekend... Next in Canada. I feel better now. All right. Okay, Canada. So what, what do we know about Canada? Well, this it's is a, what we know about Canada. It's, it's long straights and chicanes. Yeah. Bumpy. Very tough on brakes. Very fast. Um, you've got Champions Wall, is it? The the, the yes. chicane that uh, yes. we've seen. I think it's Championship Wall, but either way, Ch- it's something. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is Champions Wall. One, or but the other. Uh, yeah, so a very likely spot for some high speed crashes. Kind of, uh, we've seen some scary stuff or there some in the past. Amazing passes done by Takuma Sato. Yeah. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Takuma, we miss you. Um, so, what's going to reward? What kind of car is going to reward that kind of track? See, we're being more intellectual about this now. We're getting so wrong. Yes, um, <laughs> you're going to need horsepower. See, I can't for for, for qualifying. Oh, I can't. I mean, the Ferraris have just been so strong in qualifying. They've been strong everywhere, and they've yeah. got good. Okay, motor. well, I guess the question is, does Kimi get back? You know, get on it back on his prancing horse and uh, qualify well? Well put. I'm sure no one's ever said that. I before. know, man. Yeah, but no one else is saying that right now. <laughs> um, what the fuck is going on? Oh, sorry. Um, or. Um, but the BMWs, man. The BMWs are usually good in Canada. That's, that's where I'm going. I'm thinking, BMWs I'm have a lot of motor. This is a little less mechanical grip sensitive. Yeah. So, although you have to get over the bumps well. Yeah. You can't. Dude, I Ferrari's going to be good. I want Kubica to win this, man. I really want. I, I think this could be this could be their their time. So you, and by that, I mean Kubica. Without saying it, I, I it sounds like you're agreeing with me that McLaren's going to have to be playing a little bit of catch up again. Could be. Could be. Um, I don't. I mean, I, I hesitate to change my whole outlook on every team from one race to the next. I mean, it, you know, it, it McLaren showed well today, but today was certainly not a uh, representative race of, uh, you know, just a, an, an average F1 race. So okay. So predictions. Um, Lay it out there. Okay. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Kimi on pole, but the Kubica makes it happen for the race. All right. That's interesting. There that's, it is. That's it, that's different from me. There it is. That's different from me. Okay. I am gonna go Kubica on pole. Oh. I think he's an excellent qualifier. The BMW has a lot of motor, and I think he's going to be able to pull off that lightning, just very skim championship wall and, 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 and make a really good toll. However, okay. this was the home of Lewis Hamilton's first win last year, and I think he's going to repeat. Ooh, okay. So there you have it. There you have it. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to make it to that race. We, uh, we'd want to go because that's the closest race to us here in the U.S. now. But we're poor because none of you are buying performance boxes. I know. So um, we're not going to be able to do that. We'll uh, we'll watch it though. We'll bring you an F1 show about it, of course. But uh, we don't uh, we don't have any live coverage planned for you. Um, so I mean, I mean that'd be great if Lewis won. But uh, how cool would that be for BMW's maiden win? Though I mean, come on, it'd be cool. That'd it'd be, be cool. cool. That'd Just be cool. won't happen. All right, fair enough. Well, <laughs> uh, you'll you'll have to check in in two weeks' time to uh, see how how wrong we are again. <laughs> I mean, how spot <laughs> yeah, on Robin's going to win. I don't know what. The yeah, who knows? Um, but by the way, Hudson Honda didn't. Did not show strong wind. Unfortunately, that, yeah. that did not that, come true. Yes. 
This is, um, yeah. But anyway, uh, we will see you in two weeks' time. Two weeks. Until then, I am Jim Lau. And I'm Robin Warner. See you then.